and that would that would make sense because no one wants to look at us. Hey, Fish, guess what? We are live and we are going to preview the NFL draft, our picks, and how it might be a game changer in Las Vegas. We're also watching the news feeds if there are any trades or deals before the draft. The Hardline has his draft prop bets and some insight into the NBA playoffs as well. Our special guest is Alicia Conaway. She is a flight attendant with some inside scoop on what is happening in the crazy skies. Heidi's Hollywood has a list of hot movie scenes along with her binge watch of the week. The schmuck of the week stupidly mixes up baseball with football and who's got the swag is a gutty athlete who won't quit after she was shot. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Daily Fish. John Daly here with Eric Snyder, a.k.a. Fish. We are coast to coast coming to you from Las Vegas and Myrtle Beach. We talk sports, entertainment and everything in between in a way that you won't get anywhere else. Fish, we are jam packed tonight. Great. This flight attendant we have. The, the flight attendant second season where Kelly Cuoco just came out, she's got great stories, too. She's been doing it for almost a decade. Real quick, Raider Nation's watching. Gabriel Ellis, all the guys in the rocking department. Shout out to this guy, John. You and I watched him play. We talked about it on Absolutely. the Daily Fish show. That, that's a, that's a Mad legend. Bomber. And, and yeah. You know, John, go ahead. Tell, t- t- just tell your story about Daryl LaMonica. Yeah, I want to just – you remember watching him. Yeah, I remember him. I mean, he was really – he was the guy that really put the, the long pass back into football, I think. And uh, he was he was a ton of fun to watch. And uh, he uh, he was he was a pretty good guy, too. So he made it to 80 years old, thought he should have been around a little bit more. But uh, God bless him. And uh, we certainly toast him as well. Rest in peace, Mad Bomber. Absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. Hey, folks, questions or comments or suggestions, drop them in the chat box. If you are not watching live, email us at dailyfish, the number one at gmail.com. That's dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Time now for the daily grind. Here's what we're grinding on first. A half million people are visiting Fish this weekend just to be near him in Vegas. Another reason, the NFL draft. This might be the biggest event in Las Vegas history. And no, that is no hyperbole. I think this will rival New Year's Eve and March Madness. Fish dish on the economic impact. Well, I've had this argument since the end of 2016 with customers, friends, family, and everyone else that'll listen to me. Why do you need a football stadium in Las Vegas? Why'd you bring the Raiders there? And I said, remember this. You only get eight Raider games, but you get 60 other events. And to have the draft, to have a Super Bowl come to your city, you have to have an NFL team, John. They expect $500 million to be spent in this town between Sunday of last week and Sunday coming up, just in non-gaming revenue and gaming revenue. Okay, Nothing else is going to bring that. And I I segue into this. What's going to happen? What's this town going to look like? in a year and a half or two years when the Super Bowl is here. It's wonderful for this city. And it's a reason why Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada, is one of the top earning cities in the United States. Economic yeah. economic impact, everything. They, this town is booming. God bless you. Sin City, wish I was there. All right, next, we're into lists here. Tonight, our picks for the top five sports movies of all time. Fish, count yours down. I want you to go first. I, you I want me to go first? You. you go, guy. You know what? You're 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 the elder statesman. Go. Yeah, but you're a grandfather. So anyway, all right, all right. Here are mine. First, Eight Men Out, baseball one, um, a golf one, greatest game ever played. That was about Francis Wimet beating uh, Harry Varden. Uh, that was actually the start of modern golf, all the way back in the early 1900s. Uh, Bagger Vance. Um, a golf film, kind of mystical. Uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, 
one of my favorite baseball films that I think gets overlooked is called For the Love of the Game with Kevin Costner. I just really love the story of, of a pitcher who was retiring. Uh, I thought he was great in that too. And then Draft Day, also with Costner, in honor of what's happening this week. So those are my five. It's tough whittling them down, but I, I, I kind of did them as to, you know, what kind of caught me, what kind of grabs me in the heart. Okay, what do you got? Number five, yo, Adrian, yo, Adrian. Yeah, okay. Loved Rocky. I didn't like the fact that I bet him. He was minus 160 to beat Creed, so I lost that bet. <laughs> Number four is Remember the Titans. I, I think that's one of Denzel Washington's best performances. Based on the yeah. true story, wonderful, wonderful film, uplifting film. Okay. Number three, I love Field of Dreams. It's a love story, but there wasn't a dry eye in the theater. He said, Dad, yeah. you want to have a catch? Yeah. Number two is Bull Durham. With we have Costner a lot in this. Is Bull Durham? I just yeah. that scene when you the lights flickering with the candles and they're all shuddering because he's making love to Susan Sarandon. It's so sensual without seeing the sex. We'll talk sex later with Heidi. All right. Yep. So and number one, my number one film of all time, even though it's a comedy, it revolves around golf. Caddyshack. Yep. That was Rodney Dangerfield's coming out party. Everyone, you got to see the movie. It came out in 1980. Wonderful, wonderful kind of Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Caddyshack. Great golf scenes. Classic. Just absolutely classic, too. Yeah. And there's a lot we missed. There was a lot we missed that just, you know, for the five of us. I just just think if you and I had to figure out the five together and, and that would have been brutal. So anyway, hey, we'd love to hear yours, folks. Plus, if you are really into list, as Fish was just saying, we have more. Heidi's Hollywood is going to list some of the steamiest movie scenes of all time. That is coming up. And finally, on the grind, is streaming TV dying or is it killing sports? Fish, drop your net on this one. Well, people are pissed off. If you want to watch 25 Yankee games, it's on Apple. The NFL Sunday ticket is leaving DirecTV. It's going to Apple. Okay? Amazon is sending out flyers to people because it's going to show the Thursday night package. Hulu is showing 25 Golden Knights games next year. We're getting, we're getting inundated, John, and I want your take on this into a new realm. I remember when Pete Rozelle, Paul Tagaboo, and Paul and Roger Goodell, the present commissioner and past two commissioners, NFL said, the NFL will always be on free TV. Well, Goodell lied, because now it's going to Amazon. Apple's getting their biggest package. It said the Sunday ticket. I think it's a huge economic windfall for the leagues. I think baseball is going to suffer because there's so many games, 162. Some people could say, the hell with it. I don't want to, so I, I missed 25 games. What's your take on it, John? You're a media you know, guy. Well, I, I, my take is it's a tsunami. There are so many sports trying to compete for yours and mine and everybody else's precious time. Plus, I think we're going through major economic, demographic, and technological changes. I mean, look at Netflix now. They're talking about financial hits and having problems. They controlled TV watching for the last five years. And get this, CNN Plus closed down after two weeks of launching, they realized they couldn't do it. So to me, sports and TV are all in flux. Uh, how we watch TV and what sports we're watching, that is all changing. It is in flux right now. Now, I don't know about you, but I try to do a lot online. Now, one of my cheats for baseball is the MLB Quick Pitch Show. It's on MLB Network each morning. I get to see the highlights of each game in one hour because I can't watch a couple of four-hour games each night. So to me, you know, that's kind of a you know a little bit of a hitch of what I try to do to get around everything. Other people are going to start doing that too, and they're going to start kind of catching up to it and putting it in. So 
I think we've got we got a couple of years of a lot of things trying and going out. And there's going to be a lot of people, like you say, are going to miss the games that they really like, or they're going to have to just go, screw it, I'm going somewhere else. Could I go I okay, one more? Do you, do you think this, job because of your history in broadcasting, do you think that in leagues like the National Hockey League and Major League Baseball, which have a hard time marking themselves, this could be a dagger? I really do. I, I think, you know, I, I, I want to, I don't, I'm not going to buy a Hulu box or get Hulu whatever it is a month to watch 25 games. I don't watch that much anyways. I think you're really shoving a, a, a you know, a dagger into your heart with this thing and you're committing suicide. I really do. Yeah. I, again, I think especially hockey and baseball, they're so regional. Um, so again, I just, I just don't know. We can't figure oh. that out. You know, the USFL, I mean, the USL horrible attendance, but at the same time too, their ratings aren't that bad. So and they're playing in one city, so I don't really know. There's just so much going on, and it's so confusing that I don't think anybody's figured it out yet. So lots of change coming up. That's it. All right, and that is the Daily Grind. Hey, folks, love having you with us. Daily Fish is live on Facebook at daily.fish.5. That's on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Watch us also on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check us out on YouTube and also Wingding TV. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. All right, now time for the Daily Fish Hardlines. John Hardison has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. Hardline, welcome. I know we're going to get right into it. Give us your latest top NFL draft props. Go for it. So there's been a lot of change the last couple of days, uh, especially at the sports book. It's been going crazy, just the names going up and down. Right now, the consensus looks like it's going to be Trayvon Walker from UGA. That's going to be the first overall pick. I know he's, he's jumped up quite a bit. He went from being pretty much no name to being the first overall pick. It sounds like as of right now, that's where they're trending to, which it wow. changes up the top five quite a bit because now Aiden Hutchinson – Falls down the two. Does Detroit take Aiden Hutchinson at two, or do they go with Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU and bolster that back? You know those those defensive backs, yeah. especially with uh, Jeff Okuda, uh, what he's been able to do out of Ohio State, and he's had a better second year than he did the first year. So there is a lot of change going on in these top five picks. Uh, I still think that the, if Derek Stingley doesn't go to Detroit, keep an eye out for the New York Jets, uh, especially because they had the defensive coordinator. Uh, that used to be in the 40, for the 49ers now there as a head coach. I know they want to go wide receiver, but that's somebody that you just can't skip on. It's just one of those type of talents that you definitely want to keep your eye on. Uh, there's one prop that I really, really like, and I think that it's interesting, is uh, just to make sure I got this right, Malik Willis being the first quarterback taken overall, Trayvon Walker being the first overall pick at plus 160. I think that that's, that's definitely a prop that you want to go with. Uh, like there's a it. lot of talk about Malik Willis. He he shined, especially at uh, at the Combine. Those are two guys mm -hmm. especially keep your eye out for. And then top three, which I really like as well, maybe it is all defense, where you have uh, Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, and the, the kid from Oregon at plus 130, all being top three picks. That can happen as well, where the first top three picks are all defensive players. I mean, this, this draft, as we said it over and over again, is a very, very – uh, defensive heavy draft. The one that I, I I'm tossing back and forth with guys is the first lineman taken. I mean, they've got the guy out of uh, NC State, or they've got the guy out of Georgia, and that's it, it's a tough one to to go with. The last one that I really really like, and it's I'm, I'm going to put money on it. I don't think that it's going to happen, but but I'm going to put some money on it. 
Houston Texans only draft defensive players in the first two rounds. And I mean, last year, their defense was, was horrid. I mean, they had yeah. nothing. And if you look at the draft, what's going on this year, they draft at three, they draft at 13, and they draft in the beginning of the second round as well, just because of all the trades that they were able to make. So keep your eye out for those, uh, those picks that are coming. Seven quarterbacks. Seven quarterbacks supposed to go in this draft, all right? It's not a heavy quarterback draft as far as popularity. So we know about Malik Willis. We know about uh, Kenny Pickett and Corral out of North Carolina, out of uh, Mississippi, Ole Miss. I'm going to give you some sleepers right now. I'm going to give you my sleeper, and I want to hear your sleeper. My sleeper is Carson Strong out of Reno. Okay, I think this kid is yeah. the next Carson Palmer. He's got the same kind of build, except he has more ability and more athleticism. What do you think, guys? I mean, he's definitely tall. He's, he, he can stand in the pocket. I saw him playing that bowl game uh, where they played in Detroit. He did a good job. Uh, that it, it will be a sleeper kind of seeing how uh, it's going to be. But I'll give you another guy that, you know, you bring him up and he played right across from him and he had a heck of a game was Ellaby. I mean, out of out of Western Michigan. I mean, he had such yep. a great game, especially mm -hmm. being great, on national yeah. television. Definitely raised his stock. That's one guy that I, I definitely tell people to keep an eye out for. The other person I oops no you I got it. Uh, a little bit in the in the shuffle of everything is is Desmond Ritter I I just think that we keep overlooking the accomplishments that he's that they've been able to do especially with everything that Luke Fickle did in Cincinnati but but he's a clear winner I mean at, at the end of the day he's a clear winner and even though he doesn't play in maybe the strongest of uh, of conferences. If they're willing to take a shot on Carson Wentz, why not him? Okay. Like it. I'm, I'm going with Sam Howell from North Carolina. He's kind of my he's kind of my dark horse pick. I, I don't I don't think people look at him as being very talented, but he just seems to get things done. He seems to get the ball out, seems to get it to the receiver. Uh, I think he could actually catch on with with an NFL team and maybe do something and surprise people. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, there are a ton of talented wide receivers ready to be snatched. Hardline, give us your sleeper there and your blue chip can't miss. Uh, you know what? The, the blue chip I'll start off with. I really loved his game last year. I think he had a breakout year. I, I think that he gets overlooked because there's another guy that was across from him uh, playing on the same side or maybe on the other side. It's Chris Olave. I really like Chris Olave out of Ohio State. I think that he's just a dog. I think that he goes out, he gets it done. Um, depending on the situation, what they have going on in New Orleans, I think, you know, two Ohio State guys at him and Michael Thomas, if he comes back, he's able to play this season uh, due to all the injuries that he had last season. It's definitely a guy that I really like seeing where he ends up, If he, especially if he does end up in a big easy. Uh, the other guy, you know what, as a sleeper that I really like, uh, Trey Turner. I, I really like Trey Turner. I mean, he doesn't get – a whole bunch of love, but I, I like what he goes out and does. I like his tenacity. I like his blocking ability. You know, those, those are my two. How? Wait a minute. Trey Turner plays for the Dodgers. How the hell could he be in the NFL draft on, <laughs> on Thursday? Let me give you my sleeper real quick. Okay. There's a kid out of Penn State, Jahan Dotson. Keep an eye on this guy. Okay. About 1,121 yards last year, eight touchdowns. This kid plays a Z and plays a slot. And he's the kind of guy who reminds me a lot of AB. Forget AB's off the field issues. Antonio Brown on the field is a, is a, is a, is a hall, has Hall of Fame numbers now. 
Jahan Dotson, Penn State. Keep an eye on Thursday or Friday. I got one close to that. I got uh, Javon Highly from Coastal Carolina, which is down here near me in, in Myrtle Beach. He's really under the radar, but he has the ability, like you were just saying, Fish, he has the ability to play wide out or a slot. And I think that's a big advantage. And get this, one scout said he knows how to be a security blanket for a QB. Sure. So anyway, so I'm thinking I stuff like that might be really helpful to him as well. All right. Anything else on that? Because we want to move to the NBA quickly. What do you got? Anything else? I want to get to the NBA. I want to hear hardline uh, of the Nets and the Celtics. That's the most intriguing right now to me. And go to all that. Is Phoenix done? You know, I'll start with Phoenix, you know, picking up. It, it's, it's looking a little rough. You know, a lot of us pick Phoenix. A lot of us really like Phoenix to make it out of the West. But that loss to Devin Booker, it's it's going to kill them. And, I mean, it is killing them. Uh, the problem with hamstrings are they never really get better because you're going to keep using them. You're going to keep wearing them. If they can get Devin Booker back just to get out of this uh, this series, it would be super helpful. But in the long term, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of questions with them. I definitely would say it makes Golden State's run a little bit easier, seeing as what they can uh, put together because they are getting healthier at the right time. In terms of the Celtics situation, you know, it's not looking good for the Nets, but there's a lot of questions that they that they had at the beginning. Uh, you know, congratulations to Daryl Morey on winning that trade. I told you when we first talked about it short term. I think that the 76ers made the best decision. I think maybe long term it's better for the Nets because maybe they could get some value if they do decide to trade uh, Ben Simmons. But I do think that the 76ers got the better of it. But, you know, give a lot of credit to the, the Boston Celtics brand new head coach. I mean, He's, he's saying nobody's going to beat us. No one's going to outwork us. No one's going to do that. And the rise of Jason Tatum this time around and, and Jalen Brown really stepping up, I give him a lot of credit for it. And I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, Kyrie's got to go. Kyrie's a nuisance, all these different things. Outside of the last game, Kyrie has been playing very, very well. I just think that it's this team is not built. And look, I, we said this from the beginning of when Brooklyn came together, is just the fact that I don't think that Steve Nash has been put through the fire enough times as a head coach to make the X's and those decisions. It's different when you're pushing the. Did we lose hard line there? I think so. He, he was, he was uh -oh. great. I still figure him, man. He, was he does, he does look really good there. Yeah, when, when he gets frozen like that, he's yeah. he, he's he's pretty hot. Yeah, I yeah, think so one of the what he was talking about on Steve Nash to me. Uh, I, I don't think Nash is is ready yet to be a head coach in the NBA. Um, the fact that he just goes with the man-to-man -man defense, I, you know what, I, against the Celtics, that doesn't work. And the Celtics can just overrun them. It's what's interesting and what I wanted to talk to Hardline about was that there are the, – the bets are changing where the Celtics are actually – up there with the uh, with the um, Warriors now as the team to to win the title. So that's really changing. All right. Well, hopefully we'll get Hardline back at some point. And um, uh oh, I see him going. Yeah. Going. I'm just saying we're all we're all frozen right now. We're having I guess there's internet problems everywhere, but we're we're still well, going. So let's keep going. I guess there must be. Well, we still got we still got audio, so that's good. I'm hearing you. All right. All right. That audio, is the yeah. uh, Daily Fish Hardline with John Hardison, the Cost of Winning podcast. You can find him here with us every week but also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. All right, hopefully we're going to see you a little later there, Hardline. Hey, you need a great golf getaway. The Myrtle Beach Golf Trail has dozens of courses along the Carolina coast. Set up an entire trip for yourself, your family, or a bunch of friends. The site is myrtlebeachgolftrail.com. Right now is prime season. It is perfect here, upper 70s, low 80s. 
with a little bit of breeze, but you'll need to book ahead of time. A lot of people playing golf. Again, MyrtleBeachGolfTrail.com. All right. Now it's time for something fishy. What do you have, Fish? I have to look at my – do you ever – sometimes you say something on your phone in a conversation, then all of a sudden you look at your email and you see what you talked about. There's products coming. All right? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. And even on TV shows, I'm watching something. Um, I'm not an advocate of this. I, I'm, I'm happy to say. But why do I look at my cell phone on my email and I have a, a thing from Roman, Kim's, <laughs> Viagra? Okay. I don't get it. And then I'm watching the USFL. You brought it up earlier in the show. And I hate this commercial. There, It's Roman. And it's a young kid. is 25 that complains he has erectile dysfunction. That's bullshit. No kid 25 has erectile dysfunction unless you got a shot off in Iraq. I'm sorry. doesn't happen. And his dad is the doctor he's going to. How do you go to your dad and say, Dad, my dick doesn't work? He, he, just, he just don't do it. Well, I'm his father. His father's got a ponytail. Looks like Tony Biscuit that we had on the show earlier this year. And I, I, I don't get it. But why are all these things coming up? What's fishy? I, I talk about something. I talked about Portisubs with my wife. I, I'm not kidding. Portisubs came up on my phone. Are, is, is something going on? Is there something fishy with our phones? Are we being watched for the under generation, John? Is this Orwellian 1984? Is Big Brother watching? And let me tell you something about erectile dysfunction, because I have an older brother who's had it. Okay. It's high blood pressure. All right. It's high blood pressure. You have blood pressure medicine and you send all those things away. Okay. Ask Heidi Holliker out when she was in high school. Get all those goddamn things out of there. It's high blood pressure is a 95% chance of reason for erectile dysfunction. And having Hardline jump out of the thing when he's talking about the NBA playoffs. That causes you to go limp. I'm out. <clears throat> All right, Fish, that's good. But just uh, I, I think I did refer you to Roman on my on mine. I think I passed it on to you. So I think that was me that did that. So, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, still ahead, our muck of the week, along with who's got the swag and our special guest will take us aboard what is happening on airplanes in this wacky time in the sky. All right, it's time now for Heidi's Hollywood. Hopefully she's not freezing. She's Heidi Holliker, actor and producer who is deep in the entertainment scene with us every week. Heidi, welcome back. Let's start with your binge of the week. Hopefully you can see us. I hope I can help here because I tell you, I don't know if I can top what you just did. (laughs) But but first off- Oh, you have high blood pressure? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm all good. But congratulations. Good. Okay, good. And you don't have a you do have a penis? I do. I have <laughs> just shh. Okay. Well then you're good. That might okay. be ruining wow. my dating. Hey, congratulations. Uh-huh. What's your real name, Heidi? <laughs> <laughs> my 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 name would have been Seth had I been a boy. Okay. Let's keep it that. What are, you, what are you watching, kid? I just want to say congratulations on the most handsome, most beautiful grandpa ever uh the photo i i mean my heart is so full for you guys and my parents were just so all of us are just melting for you i can't wait to meet her thanks everyone on facebook thanks everyone out there uh i my family is truly amazing we're so let's hope Let's hope that my granddaughter is not a victim of what you're, you're going to talk about. In, oh, let's hope. Let's hope. I, I think she has enough guidance to, to not let this happen. Let's do it. So we're talking uh, Netflix, Tindler Swindler. Scary ass documentary. So true. 
fortunately, I and no one I know has ever gone through this. This guy uh, from Israel, doesn't matter what country, but he happens to be from Israel. He swindled women out of $10 million total. It, it is It is such, it's so hard to watch. It's so important. And uh, these women happen to be in Norway and Finland. What are you laughing at? <laughs> it's the irony, you know. It's the okay. irony, and, and I watched it. I watched it. I'm sorry, John hasn't. Yeah. I kept saying, I kept saying to myself, "You can't be that stupid. You can't." But you know, give, give us in 30 seconds. Uh, you know, you can't really tell yeah. how he did it, but 30 seconds. This, this guy posed on tin, on Tinder, which I've never been on. Never been on oh. those sites. Nope, nope, true, true. I'm just, you know, waiting for the right one not to come online. And he posed as a son of a billion dollar diamond, uh, not a smuggler, a diamond dealer. And it was all a lie. And he did, he he would uh, bring the women in on a private jet, fly them somewhere, take them to a four-star restaurant. And I, I'm just not the kind of person that gives a crap about, about four-star restaurants or anything like that. So this would... This isn't anything that would ever happen to me, but these women, I, I, my heart was bleeding for them, but they were not very bright. They just, every time he'd call, every time he'd text, he would just ask for more money, that, that everybody's out to get him, that he has all these enemies. And all you're thinking watching, watching this doc is thinking, okay, go, go to your daddy. If this is true, go to your daddy, go to your uncle, go to your family. And everyone kept buying into it and sending him money, and it, it, it's it's yeah, it's scary and it's it's sad, and just be careful. Check out everybody if you ever go online dating, check them out. Go on people.com, search whatever not people.com but people search or whatever it's called, and check them out. And if somebody all of a sudden tells you they love you, immediately. Run, Heidi. We got we, we we got four minutes, so we got yeah. we got to get everything. Okay. Let's let's do it. Okay, let's do sex yeah. movies. Our, 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 that's it. I wish we. It's <laughs> <laughs> about a four minute sex life. Our viewers and listeners always said me ask Heidi Heidi about on screen kisses. Are they really doing it or are they not doing it? And rumor has it, and it's been verified that in the movie Monsters Ball, Billy yep. Bob Thornton and Halle Berry were going at it. You know, you can yep. tell they're going at it. You know, that's what, and there's no erectile dysfunction in that movie theater. What do you think? So I, I, you know, you and I talked about this. Uh, are they really going at it, or because you hate to see scenes that are going? But you know, well, open your lips, right? Open your lips. I, I think a lot of them are. I think some are going for it. I think definitely because our audiences are so smart now, you you can't just do. Sorry. You can't just do that. You've got it. You've got to get into the scene. No question. But people's body parts are covered in sex scenes. My first mo my first movie, Pink Motel, I was completely covered, even though it, it seemed like I was going to have sex with this guy. Um, but you never saw it because the sex scene was off off camera, completely off camera. Trust me. Don't don't check out the movie. Anyway, um, <laughs> I I think that it's I think that there's certainly a lot of groping and a lot of kissing and what they have now is they have well it's been going on since Nicole Kidman and and Tom Cruise movie they have uh, uh what do they call rom not romantic helpers but um sex what is it called no not no not stand-ins they have they have people hired to show you where to touch how to touch how to move 
where the camera's going to see you, what looks real. And they're, you know, so, yeah, I think that you certainly are doing real kissing and real nudity, but... But uh, I, I don't I don't think that most actually have sex on camera. <laughs> I really don't. Okay, in, two, in, in, in two minutes, give me your top three most lustful uh, films. Do you want my top one first? Top well, yeah. no, you got three minutes. You, you got you, you got to do all your sex and you got to do all your sex in two minutes. No worries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, my very first one is absolutely my favorite. It's John Travolta and Kara Sedgwick in Phenomenon. If you if you haven't seen it, it's a 1989 film. It is the most beautiful scene I've ever seen. The sexiest, most erotic scene with no sex and fully clothed. She is washing his hair and shaving his face. And it is stunning. My next one would be Ghost with, of course, everybody feels that way, Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze doing pottery together. And I tell you real quick. It's really, really important. <laughs> it's really important, the music, because Crazy Love was playing uh, during the Kira Sedgwick, uh, John Travolta, and that set the mood. Unchained Melody was playing during the pottery scene. And then my last one is I'm going to give the, uh, <laughs> I'm giving it to my mom because it was, but we both loved it. Michelle Pfeiffer and Jeff Bridges in, um, in uh, uh, Fabulous Baker Boys, that sexy scene on the piano to making Whoopi. Very sexy, completely fully clothed. And wow. that, that. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna end you. you, go, you real quick, John, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I gotta go. You gotta, you gotta give me this. You gotta go what I just talked about, okay? Halle Berry and Billy Bob Thornton banging away. Phenomenal, okay? I'm sweating. The best one ever. <laughs> When Mickey Rourke was a man and looked like a man, when he's banging Kim Basker on those steps. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Nine and a half and weeks. You could see, see vaginas and things moving. It, it was, uh, look at me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sweat. I'll, I'll take us out on that one. You know, I don't I don't need this. I don't need pottery. I need bodies. I need vaginas okay. and penis. That's what I need on film. And if you do it in an R-rated version without X-rated version, it sells idiots. I'm sorry. All righty. Yeah. Okay. Well, still, I still I'll say try, the I'll most, try harder. The most romantic and sexy one to me was Porky's. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, when the okay. thing went through the, uh, when they're looking at the ball breakers, talking oh, about yeah. the penis going through the thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, that, Very that was sexy. mine. I, I was All just standing right. for that. And, and that's what makes you guys guys and me a female. So, there that's, you go. That's exactly what it is. All right, Heidi, thanks. And that is Heidi's Hollywood. She is with us every week. Check her out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next week. All right, now it's time for our schmuck of the week. Who's been schmucky this week, Fish? We got a good one I here. Gotta, I, I got to show you this video. I mean, you you when we we both saw this video together, basically on ESPN. I don't understand this. Okay, I don't understand this. Three one swung on towards left center field. This one's going toward the warning track at the wall. It's over the fence. It's a two run home run to give the Lions the lead. North Central has taken the lead here in game one. Oh, oh my, oh no, oh no. That was out of nowhere. Unbelievable, yeah. That, that, that guy is definitely schmuck of the week. Weather, weather for college is Owen Woodward was. That's the guy. 
That's Josh Phillips of North Texas Central College. He, he blindsides a guy. They're not wearing pads. And there's still not a reason or motive why he did this, John. Put a lot of people off. I say I'm always for you know justice and everything. He's got to get to spend at least 10 games. What do you think? Yeah, or maybe not allowed in baseball again, college baseball. That's what I would do. You can't do that. You just can't Ooh, do that. Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, let's see who's got the swag. Fish, who are we toasting? Uh, we're toasting this young lady. This is Alicia. We have a lot of Alicia's on the show. No, Ayala. Yeah. Ayala Gale. Okay. This is Aaliyah, I, I, maybe Aaliyah Gale. This is a USC host recruit that told TMZ Sports she's going to return to the basketball court and play for the Trojans. She was shot multiple times last weekend. Um, four people, including this 18-year-old, which were shot when someone opened fire at a North Las Vegas house party on April 16th. Gail's dad, Dwight, said Kit went to the party to accompany a friend and stayed for only 30 minutes or so. And when she decided to leave, that's when the shooting happened. She's a five foot nine guard and hit a total of 10 times in both arms and both legs. Had her third surgery this week. Look at this beautiful kid right here, okay? And guess what? She's going to be playing basketball for the Trojans. I'm an LA guy and I hate USC, but I'm rooting for her team this year. Yep. I agree with you. All right. We are going to toast her now with our drink of the week. What are we sipping there, Fish? This is Sex on the Beach. Consider all the sex we talked about in Heidi's Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> this is another great popular drink. Great summer drink, John. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. this is vodka, peach schnapps, cranberry juice. That's it. You know, yeah. put, a, put a couple orange slices. I don't have any orange slices in the house. Put some orange slices in the house. This is to Alicia Conaway. It's going to be on in about two seconds. Absolutely. All you guys. Love you. Yep, and you can put a little shampoo in this too, by the way. Yes, you can. Oh, yeah. All right, good. All right, the Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shucks Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shucks Tavern on North Durango and the northwest side of town. That's where fish is overnight. Say Daily Fish Podcast, you get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. Check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook. Fish, you're going to be there this week. I think it's going to be nuts there with the Super Bowl. I mean, sorry, with the draft. Nuts. Well, I got to get hard down there. All the local casinos around me are packed. They're sold out. Yeah. I saw biz people come in, John, real quick on Friday and Saturday. They were staying in Santa Fe, which is about eight minutes away from Chuck's Tavern, saying we're in town for, you know, we know you're a late night place. I, because of the draft, we're seeing commerce go through Chuck's Tavern. Got to love it. Got to love it, too. All right. Let's bring in our special guest. Alicia Conway has been a flight attendant for nine years. Alicia, welcome to Daily Fish. Hi, guys. How's it going? Going good. Hey, we're not going to mention your airline at all because we don't want to put you through the corporate scrutiny. But we're hey, looking I forward to it. the perspective of everything that's going on. The first question, because I know we're going to get into some other stuff. Has Have things tapered off in the last couple of months? Are, are they a little bit better for you as a flight attendant? Well, since I was on a cruise when they lifted the mandate, um, I haven't experienced the whole uh, breath of fresh air, I guess you can say. Um, mm -hmm. However, leading up into that, it was getting a, little, a lot more tough when the states were kind of releasing their own state by state and we still had to enforce it. So that was getting a little tough towards the end. But it should be better now. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching ABC's uh, World World News tonight with David Muir, and he had a bunch of flight attendants on that were going when the mask mandate was lifted on planes because of what you guys had to go through. There was more fights on planes, they said, because idiots didn't want to wear the mask. It's not you guys that put the mandate on; it's, it's the CDC and the government did it, but they took it out on you guys. So 
What we're saying is it's, it's, it has to be a relief in some aspects. And you have the right. You can wear a mask if you want. And so could your, so could your, uh, the people flying, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's still optional. So, I mean, if you're, if you're worried about it, take care of yourself and put a mask on. Easy, easy as that. So right. just shouldn't have been a, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward. I actually have a red eye out tonight. So I will be thrilled to not have to enforce that. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, before we get into more stuff about, I got to talk to, I talked to John that you were, you're the biggest hockey fan. One of them I've ever met. I've been watching the sport since 1968. Not even yeah. passionate about the Las Vegas Golden Knights. We'll get into that. You know, you're passionate for youth hockey. Talk about your passion because of your sons and talk about what you think the Las Vegas Golden Knights' chances are of making the playoffs. Oh God. Um, with last night's game, I'm not too, um, I'm not too excited about that right now. Um, uh, when, wow. you got a 20, when you got a 20 year old kid and what's funny is that he wears the number 23, which is the number that my son wears um, 20 year old kid that just kind of almost ruined our probably ruined the Golden Knights chances that came in and just scored that goal. And it's like, it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, you know, cool for him. I mean, that's some, that's some pretty good clout that you have now as a 20 year old, you know, going into NHL, but I mean, I I really hope that Dallas loses today. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Right. But Knights had a a four, two lead last night, John, with two minutes to three minutes to go. And the Sharks tied up on the last, on, on the as a buzzer, 0.9 seconds. Out, 0.9 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. So it was. You got a big passion for youth hockey too. So talk about that. Is it? Yeah. Are you seeing more? Are you seeing it pick up as far as uh, you know popularity here in Southern Nevada and other places you've gone to? Youth hockey definitely for ice has yeah. flourished here in town. Um, unfortunately, when my kid was going, we didn't have anything in town, so our kid had to go to California and play. But now. They have the Golden Knights. They have the Storm team up at Las Vegas Ice Center. They have, you know, the um, they have lots of options now for youth hockey, and it's great. I mean, they're they can't they can't make enough teams right now for youth hockey, which is a great problem to have for Vegas. Great problem. Considering we had nothing, to, you know, to go with. Um, our thing is our passion is roller hockey, and we unfortunately there are no more roller hockey rinks in Vegas. Surprisingly enough. So, wow. that's too bad. yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, no, it's not good. But I mean, hopefully they start, you know, sprouting out like um, the ducks. They kind of open up a bunch of roller rinks in California and help sponsor those. So I'm hoping that maybe the, the Knights will start doing that, too. But Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Go Knights. Go. <laughs> Even my cup here. Right. So. The Mile High Club, is it fictional? Have you ever seen anything? I know you got to be corporate in your in your response here, but when you're, you're you're trained to see certain things happen on flights, especially a long flight, you know. And when you see the blankets over people, and you see that you don't see their heads, something like that. How do you approach something like that? I'm not saying I've ever been in that situation, but John has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All those first yeah. class tickets, huh? That you get. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, we don't, for the airline I particularly work for, we don't have a first class, so I don't have to worry too much about that. Um, yeah. They, uh, no, I haven't. We've had some problems in the cabin with yes, blanket situations. Um, and yeah, we have complaints, and it's a touchy subject to have to go up to somebody and say, "Hey, you can please stop doing that. That'd be great." Yeah. <laughs> you know, touchy. Yeah. <laughs> No touchy. Um, no, like yeah. nowadays we have a, 
we have stuff in, in hand to where we're, we're required to keep lights on, uh, even on red eyes. So even the, the dimmest setting, of course, but we're required to keep them on. Um, our seats are in the galleys next to bathrooms. So we generally see more than one person going in the bathroom anyway. So we're able to keep an eye on it. <laughs> have, have you personally had to break anything up? I have not, thankfully. I have not, but I have had friends who have had to um, approach people for being naughty. <laughs> you know, sometimes the exit rows are a little too big sometimes, so get a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia, what's the funniest thing you've seen on a flight? That you could oh, talk God. About? Funniest thing? Yeah. You I know, mean... just the the plane... Um, but people, I always we always make jokes as flight attendants that, you know, people check their brains with their baggage, you know, because they just don't know how to function when you go on vacation for some reason. You're on vacation, you just right. check out. But, I mean, our constant comedy for us is just watching people trying to get into the bathroom doors, <laughs> just trying to get in there. Like, oh, do you turn, twist, do you pull, do you push? Like, what do you do? So we just start watching. <laughs> for us, it's entertainment all day long. Any brushes with celebrities? And hopefully, were they kind to you? I mean, did you ever, you know, did you recognize anyone? Was there an athlete or celebrity that said, holy shit, they're on my flight? I haven't. I haven't had anybody on mine, but you know who flies our airline a lot is, um, oh, what's that guy that wears the clock on him? He wears the clock. The, um... Oh, Carrot Top? No, he's, he, carrot wears, top? he wears a clock around his neck. He's a, oh my God. Anyway, he's, he is. was, fucking Flavor Flay? Yeah, that's it. Thank that's you. The guy. That's the guy. So there's a, yeah, a, he flies our airline a lot, and I guess um the, you know the flight attendants always take advantage. Right? You can't miss it. He still wears a damn clock, so <laughs> can't miss him. But I uh, haven't had anybody on mine. No. Let me let me give you a hypothetical situation. You got a flight going about an hour, thirty eight minutes to an hour, and you have two laboratories. You got the one in the front cabin by the, the cockpit, and one in the back. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the one of the toilets, the one in the back, is out of use, and you have a. a, a I call them customers. You have a uh, passenger uh -huh. that takes up the front bathroom and is in there for the entire time and even asks you guys for reading material. And <laughs> how do you handle that kind of situation? Because if the guy has to go that bad, you really can't. I mean, has that ever happened to you, number one? And number two, how would you personally handle something like that? Because in an hour flight, people have to take a leak. They have to do other things, you know, go number two. If someone takes that entire cabin, for the entire time. In the front of the plane the entire time. What do you do? I mean, if it's only a 37-minute flight, they could land in a bathroom for all I care. I mean, and we're not they're not supposed to, but all we could do is ask you to get out. <laughs> is there any problem in there? Are you okay? <laughs> just don't die in there. What's that? If someone has to throw up or they have diarrhea, I mean, what, what do you do? You just got you have to can you, can you, you just can have you, to I let mean, them do it. I mean, I'd rather wow. that in the bathroom than on the plane, you know, because then we have to have cleaners and crap and just, no, I'd rather them go in the bathroom, but we've had, I've had to have people walk them in there because they try to come out like on landing. Um, like, Hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta go like we're landing. You gotta get out of there. And they stay in there. Oh, my tummy's upset or whatever. And I've had to lock people in there, make them stay all the way to the, all the way to the gate on landing in the bathroom. They can stay in their own yeah. shit. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just thought there's, there's certain situations. That'd be funny situations you've seen. I mean, you, we, you know, we praise you because you you service us. And I think a lot of people don't recognize the fact that what you do is you have to make people feel safe. I don't care what anyone says. 
When you're still up in the air, it's the safest way of travel. But when you're in a car, you can pull over on the side of the road. You can't pull over on a cloud if something's wrong with the plane. And it's your job and your train to make feel, people feel safe. And you also serve them drinks. And you also serve them food if you go on a long flight. And you also make people feel good. So it's a testament to you. And your, that's why I wanted you on the show because you've done it for a decade. And we, yeah. we at Daily Fish appreciate you because everyone's probably watching us, listening to us, has flown on a plane before and dealt with someone great like you. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, whenever we get thank yous, it's kind of like, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, so, Alicia, what about, um, do you have any advice for people as they're getting on the plane? Because, uh, you know, a lot of times they're, you know, they do things that either cause problems, they don't realize that they're doing it. Is there any advice you can give to somebody about what's the best way to get on a plane and get yourself situated? Uh, have your stuff out. If you're going to be watching a movie or, um, I don't know, getting headphones or whatever, don't do it when you're standing in the aisle. Then you're looking, you know, then you're looking, digging through all your bags and blocking the boarding process. I mean, it just makes the boarding so much longer. Um, the other thing is know what seat you're in. The only people, you know, there's only one airline in this, in, in this industry that doesn't have assigned seating. So everybody else, you know, that there's a seat assignment. Know it before you get on a plane. Don't wait until you're in the back of the plane. And it's like, oh, I'm in row one. Whoops. So now you have to go all the way up to the front, that kind of thing. Just kind of like have your stuff situated before you get on. Wow. <laughs> We'd appreciate it because it makes the boarding process a lot more smoother. What, one, one other, I was gonna say one other thing because even though you guys don't have first class, do you have any experience of flight attendants who, who do have a first class? Because I always hear this thing, oh, if you dress a certain way or you do a certain thing, you can get free first class. Is, is that kind of a misnomer? I, I, I think so. I mean, more so if for us, honestly, people will sometimes bring us little gifts or trinkets or something, you know, just to say thank you, especially during this whole pandemic and everything. And, you know, when somebody brings us something, that just means a lot. I had somebody bring us, a, bring us my whole crew, a card. And in it was just a thank you. And he had his little, his son give it to us. It was super cute. And had, you know, just gift cards just to say thank you for, for doing what you do. And, you know, we had some larger seats open and I, we went ahead and just made sure they were taken care of a little bit more than somebody else. But, you know, I mean, it's just for the most part, just if you, I believe if you treat somebody nice, especially the gate agents, gate agents, don't forget about them because they're they're out there in the front run. I couldn't do their job. There's no way I could do their job. But, you know, they, be nice to them. And, you know, they're the ones who have that ability to upgrade you even before we can. So I always say too, to be nice to them, be nice to the flight attendants, you know, and you know, you'll get stuff in return for that. For sure. I got a better, I got a better. Thank you. Oh, hi. I have a better thank you and a better, and I want to know who I could write to and complain. Why can't flight attendants take tips? Why not? I think it's stupid. And you know what? You just take it. If there's three of you doing a plane, if someone wants a tip, you split the tips. Okay, I, I don't understand why you guys can't. I try to tip every flight attendant that's ever helped or has given me a drink on, on a plane. We can't take it. I think it's crap. And I think that your union should take a look at it. They're watching this. You, you are serving <laughs> people. I'm passionate about this. I live in Las Vegas. You go into bars. You're a great tipper. You and your husband are great tippers. Everyone, oh, Every bar you walk into, they'll move people to put Alicia and Kevin at a goddamn machine. All right, but don't you think I'm right? Why can't you guys get tipped? I want to know Sounds right like now. Sounds like we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they don't let us have tips. But we, and I always say that we can't have tips, and then 
you know, sometimes people slip it in my apron and I go to get like my gloves out or something. And I'm like, what the hell did this come from? But yeah, yeah, we can't physically accept them. No, we can't. (laughs) Really, I'm not serious. It's too bad. It's not, it's not right. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I get that. And uh, Alicia, one, one of the things that I do know is I fly American Airlines a lot and I've, I'm one of the, you know, the higher up on the advantage or whatever. Um, but it, they they allow for us as passengers to give to give like kudos to a flight attendant or somebody who's done something. So it's not a tip, but it's to and I think you get points or you get uh, you get something as um, as an employee because you've helped the passenger. Do you have anything like that? At your airline? Ours, they do. So if somebody writes in, they'll send it to corporate, and then corporate will send out an email that all of us receive. <laughs> that's what they want. That's what they want. This is not, this is kudos. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, they'll just I send me the- I love the, I love the prince of, uh, of cordial over here. Kudos. Yeah. That's yeah, they- American Airlines. Give them cash. They basically give us just um, an email like, hey, thumbs up, high five, whatever. Like, that's what they give us. There you go. So. Well, well, we, <laughs> we give you a pat on the back for having to deal with everything. Great that's job, going on. Alicia. Yeah. That's what you get for serving me on, a, on whatever airlines you're on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Excellent. All right. We have, been, we have been talking to Alicia Conaway, who has been a flight attendant for nine years. We can't tell you who she's flying with, but we can tell you that it's a good airline and that you can maybe find her out there. So, Alicia, thank you so much. Great having Thanks, you on the show. Guys. We really appreciate you taking the time. Have a uh, good uh, good flight tonight. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. Right. Good Thank night. you. All right. Uh, coming up, Fish and I wrap things up and give you a sneak peek at next week. But first, we want to tell you, we want you to check out Hope for the Warriors. They have a big celebrity golf event coming up. It's going to be August 27th to the 29th. It's going to be in Wallace, North Carolina. That's near Wilmington, North Carolina, and Fish. We are planning on being there. Hope for the Warriors works with our wounded military warriors to restore family and to restore their sense, I should say, of self, help, and uh, family, and hope. Uh, they get them healthy so that they are part of their families and their community. Up oh, There's Hardline. It's a great charity and a great event, and you will see us there, too. That is hopeforthewarriors.org. And uh, Hardline is back. I never left, baby. I never left. You, man. We started talking about erectile dysfunction. You jumped right the hell out of there. <laughs> you're too young. Hey, I, I want you to finish up. John is too. Why don't you finish up on what you said about the NBA as far as – we asked what you said. Devin Booker's is going to be a problem because he's out for the Suns. Can you see the Pelicans and the Jazz playing in the conference finals? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no I, I, I can't see that. No, I mean that – no, I, I as you as you go higher up the mountain, the 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 shallower the air gets. Uh, no, you know, I uh, I like what Boston's done. We talked about that a while ago. Just how efficient they've been. How uh, and I think Brad Stevens moving to the front office has been better. But you know, in, in regards to Steve Nash, Steve Nash is going to be tied to Kevin Durant like Tyron Lue was tied to LeBron James. You know, they made it work. They got that championship out of it, and that's the saving grace. But in, in this situation with Steve Nash, a lot of people are going to say the same thing. And we've heard it from people that are on the network, uh, Stephen A. Smith, who was saying the same thing, which is the lack of a resume of being a head coach is going to eventually catch up to you. And, and, and again, it's amazing what different organizations do. 
you've got a guy down in Charlotte, and I'll, I'll say it, that makes one of the worst organizations I've ever seen run an NBA. Uh, the guy won 10, 10 more games than he did the year before, 10 more games this year than he did last year, and he gets fired. I, that's basically the equivalent of, of you getting a team that was two and fourteen back on a sixteen game, sixteen game season. Then you going to seven and nine, and then ten and six, and them saying it's not good enough in the, in the NFL. It's just ridiculous. It's sad, but uh, you know what? As we go up and and, and more, uh, I do think that Boston's probably Boston in the South. Boston in the Bucks is probably going to be who determines who makes it out of the East, and whatever happens with the Golden State Warriors if they play. Memphis next round, I think determine who goes to the Western Conference Finals or who or who wins the West. Uh, just being honest, uh, if Golden State plays Minnesota in the next round, somehow they make it out and beat Memphis. I think it's almost a, a four, five games if you're lucky, four game sweep. Wow! All right, wow, cool. I think hey, uh, that much better. All right, hard, hard line, stick around. I'm going to do some quick business here. Remember, Daily Fish is live from Vegas and Myrtle Beach on Mondays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We're at Facebook at daily.fish.5, plus the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Live. Catch us on YouTube and Wingding TV. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. And, of course, the Myrtle Beach Golf Trail, big part of us as well. Write to us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Wanted to get that out of the way because I want to tease next week uh, because we're talking about having Chris Landry back on the show, uh, and he is the draft expert. We had him on probably about two months ago talking about this. We wanted to get him on, but he was just so busy. He wants to come on next week, uh, but we're definitely going to have him give us an assessment after the draft. I guess my question to both of you is, what do you guys do on Thursday night? Do you just sit in front of the TV do you have drinks? Do you have dinner? What do you do during the draft? Because there's there's a lot of dead time in between the picks. Uh, I'll you want me to go first? You I'll, go yeah, first. I'll, first fish. I'll, I'll let you go first, Fish. Okay. I look at all my apps, Hims, Roman, Viagra, Cialis, <laughs> and I figure, okay. And then I do an over and under and how many commercials I'm going to see about these in the seven hours of the draft. That's what I do. What I do is I, I always look at, uh, seriously, I look at the draft board, who the best available athletes are, and see if that matches up what I have. That's what I do. I, Hard line? I, I, I start thinking of ways to justify why the Detroit Lions pick the way that they do every year. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. I, I look at the board and I see who's still available, and I pray that at least I get a guy that I can be somewhat you know proud of. He won't be the redheaded stepchild, but he'll be the guy that I say, you know, eh, you know, he can at least fix a dishwasher. He's got some use. <laughs> you know, it used to always be the Jets, but I know the Lions have had it. So the the Jets still have. I can remember when there was uh, the draft was in um, Madison Square Garden. Uh, they get booed. They get booed for whoever they pick. Fish, what are you going to say? I was going to say, you, you hit it. 1995. Remember this? Hold on. You're young, but <laughs> they're screaming. They're screaming in, in the gallery. Warren Sapp, Warren Sapp, Warren Sapp. Then Tadmo gets up there and says, the Jets with the second pick in the 1995 NFL draft, Kyle Brady, tight end out of Penn State. Boo, and the poor bastard sitting back there. Yeah, that's bad. The kid's there. And they're booing like, Don McNabb went through the same thing in 99. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. John, what do you do What do you do during the draft, Bailey? Do you watch it? Um, 
I actually, I, I kind of do similar to what you, what you're saying. I kind of look to see who's who's left and try to kind of pick myself as what who who do I think is going to go next. I think this year is brutal. I, I mean, I, you know, there there could be three or four guys that are going to go first. So I kind of watch that, and then I got it the app going, so I'm watching. I'll be watching to see if there's any baseball games on then. So anyway, fish, what do you got? Real quick, I, John, and I talked about this earlier. Harlem, we got four minutes. We could dab. We got two two minutes to talk about this. I can't stand when an athlete talks about teams he wants to be traded to because of the money. Debo Samuel is asked, if you had to go to two teams today, where would you want to go to, the Jets or the Giants? He's full of shit. You don't want to Makes go to Zach sense. Wilson or Daniel Jones right now. That's a money grab, okay? His agent's got to be smart enough to say, I want to go to Green Bay. I want to go to a team that's chance to go to the Super Bowl. Harlan, what's your thoughts on that? That, that aggravates me. I think you're absolutely right. I think that that's the biggest yeah. thing. If you really want to win, you want to go to a team that's a winner. You don't want to go to the Jets. You don't want to go to the Giants because there's no real hope in the next three years of your career of, of reaching that pinnacle of success. I think you're right. Saints, uh, Green Bay, maybe even Dallas, depending on the situation that they got going on there. If you want to say an NFC or your top three that you want to go to. Uh, I would say the Bucks, but I don't think they have the cap space right now to, to go ahead and take them. Uh, but you know what? Like I said, you can definitely tell the discontent. I don't think that if he really was as happy, this would be happening. There's something more going on behind the scenes. And as the months go on, we'll start to see where they go. But the most interesting thing about the Debo Samuels trade is does that change the 49ers draft trajectory and where they go from there? No, right. uh, we haven't seen that at all. You would think there would have been some trades. Uh, you're also trying to see the Baker Mayfield trade. That That's not going to happen until after the draft. And they're waiting. And who knows what, what the Carolina Panthers are going to do because they've got the sixth pick, and they don't pick again until the fourth round. Great. Yeah. Great call. Seven teams with multiple first-round picks. We're going to see a lot of trading down out. You know, and the Giants are five and seven. The team that intrigues me the most, we talked about on a, on a, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Because they always draft well. Andy Reid ticks the Raiders' ass every year since 2013, both Johns. And you look at that team, they're full of draft picks. And if they draft the way they have in the past, doesn't matter how many Derek Carrs and Devontae Adams and Russell Wilson you have with Denver hardline, they're going to win that division again, the Kansas City Chiefs. It is going to be interesting to see real quick uh, what Las Vegas Raiders do do uh, after, since the first round, they don't have any picks in the first, where they go in the second or below that, and see who they have their eyes targeted towards as well this week. All right. Yeah. All right. We got less than a minute left. Just want to, I want to, want to toast Grandpa again. Congratulations, Fish. Greatest, I, you know, what makes it even greater is the, the love that you get from your friends and your family. You guys are family. I was telling on the rehearsal, I was holding the baby for the first time. Hard line. And I said, what they said, you better know what a Tampa 2 coverage is. You better know what a skinny blitz is. You better know that on, <laughs> on second and nine, you got to go over to, to a to a two tight end slot receiver formation. And the kid's going like this. <laughs> <laughs> John, on a lithium drip, looking for his Fritos and orange soda watching Judge Watner at night. <laughs> well, Thank looking forward to I mean, that means more to me than you know. Well, I'll be uh, texting you guys on Thursday night, that's for sure. And uh, hopefully there's uh, there's going to be some cool stuff happening. So I'm looking forward to it because it's it's really, it's a strange draft. So uh, I'll, I'll be looking to see what it's going to be. And hopefully you guys are going to be safe down there and enjoy all that money flowing in from the half million people who are coming into your town. Oh, Thank, you. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. I know we'll be talking Thursday, and uh, make sure to watch us.
folks, daily.fish.5. That's on Facebook, and we'll be posting a lot of different stuff as well. So love you guys. 